I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Friday, August the 12th. And the Phillies finally lose a game after seven straight, 12 of 13. They finally fall yesterday, 3-0 loss to Edward Cabrera and the Marlins. Can't win them all, baby. Can't win them all. They were going to lose at some point. Even made it interesting, loading the bases in the ninth, feeling like, oh my goodness, not again after yesterday. Are they going to do it again today? They did not. But a uh, nice to see him fight at the end. And honestly, more than anything, it was just nice to actually believe in that ninth inning that they had a chance to do something, even though they didn't. You know, changing those neural pathways in the brain that make us automatically believe we're going to lose such a game, starting to to change those things and starting to feel like, hey, you know what? Now nah, maybe maybe they're going to win this game and. Obviously, they did not. The bats don't show up. The Schwarber injury, we'll get into that. That's the biggest takeaway from the day, but ultimately, Phillies do fall. Um, can't win them all. Big, big, big series. Big series tonight starts in New York against the Mets. They have a three-gamer against the Mets, then a four-gamer against the Reds, then four against the Mets as, uh, again, just a, a big stretch of baseball here. Again, seven. The next 14 games will be against the Reds and the Mets. So, excuse me, it's three against the Mets, three against the Reds, four against the Mets, four against the Reds. That's their next 17 games through August 25th. And it starts this weekend in New York against the Mets in a massive series, a really, really important series. As we've talked about, the Mets have their three best dudes. We have our three best dudes. It's a real measuring stick type of series. Obviously, the Mets have been the better team this year without a doubt but big series you know the the cardinals lose last night the brewers don't play the phillies one and a half up on the brewers um a uh a game up on the cardinals um and they are um a half game up on the padres for that last wild card spot the phillies still in that second spot in the wild card standings as again it is um it's gonna be a Gonna go down to the end here, and that's the scariest part of the, you know, we talked a little yesterday, but it does, look, the Phillies are a good baseball team. They're 13 games above 500, 62 and 49. They have obviously been on a great stretch of baseball. The schedule coming up is incredibly manageable. Other than these seven games with the Mets, it's a lot of easy games against losing teams. Phillies are well set up, but it is three teams for four spots, and the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the Padres. All these teams are in one half within one and a half games of each other. All of them. All these teams bunched together as tightly as you can be. It is going to be a uh, a wild finish as we go through, and um, you know we'll get to yesterday, but then I want to look back and look at some of these kind of uh, standings and. You know, how it could play out down the road. Quickly yesterday, there's not a ton to get into with the game yesterday. They lose 3 nothing. 
Um, obviously, just um, unable to really get anything going. Had a few opportunities throughout the game. Edward Cabrera just pitched really well. And look, Gibby pitched well. Gibby, six innings, three runs, only two of them earned. Six hits, two walks, three strikeouts. He was fine. The bullpen shuts it down after that. He was fine. Three runs, you know, you can win that way, but... Marlins just had a, a nice day pitching, and the Phillies were unable to get anything going offensively. Stadi had a couple hits, and that was it. You know, a hit here, a hit there. Ultimately, seven on the day, only 11 base runners. The Phillies are unable to capitalize any of it, striking out 13 times on the day. The Marlins, just the better team. The big real story coming out of the game, look, again, um, and the Phillies did load the bases with no outs in the ninth, down 3 nothing. You know, really made it feel like they had a chance. Big strikeout. Really, honestly, the strangest, maybe the strangest managerial decision that Rob Thompson has made as a Phillies manager was pinch hitting Edmundo Sosa for Garrett Stubbs in the ninth. Garrett Stubbs, the bases loaded. Stubbsy at the plate against lefty uh, against a lefty, and um, you know you think lefty righty, and I get it, but it's also the guy that Garrett Stubbs hit the walk off home run against a few weeks ago. So, man, um, kind of a strange spot to to hit Stubbs in there for, and even more strange to go with Edmundo Sosa, who is not here to hit, as we know, you know, not a, a batsman, as they say. It was a strange decision. It was. Look, I get it. <clears throat> play the numbers, play the matchups, play the lefty righty thing. You know, Stubbs had not homered off that guy last time. It wouldn't have even been that much of a question. I think it's more, look at Muno Sosa. If he's going to be on your bench, you got to be able to pinch hit him in spots. And it wasn't a horrible bat. He ends up striking out, but he did foul off a bunch of pitches, made the guy work. It was a, um, you know, felt like he was going to work a walk at one point. It was really, it was a decent at bat. But again, I, I think if, again, the Stubbs homering off that guy is what makes it a strange one. But ultimately, uh, on the whole, like, I, I understand it. I don't. People were pretty upset about it. It was a weird decision. I'll, I'll give it that. It was not necessarily what I was expecting Topper to do in that moment. Ultimately, it doesn't work out. The Mar- Marlins going to get out of the inning. And the Phillies lose 3 to nothing. Really, the biggest news from the day, Kyle Schwarber in, uh, I believe it was the fifth or sixth inning, I think the fifth, um, walks and gets to first base and just comes out of the game. Really weird, you know. Honestly, one of the weirder exits of a game that I remember. In that, you know, he seemed totally fine. <laughs> it wasn't limping, wasn't holding his arm, wasn't anything. You know, walks out, walks in the dugout. Brandon Marsh goes in to pinch run for him. You know, we see him kind of like, you know, kind of shake his head a little bit, kind of give a, like not even a grimace, but like a, a pseudo grimace. I don't know what to call it, but you know, it was clearly like, you know, something's annoying him, but, you know, I was hoping he had the runs, if we're going to be honest. I was hoping he was like, gotta go drop one, guys. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening. We find out after the game, a calf injury. He is day to day. Obviously, that's better news than it could have been. Day to day is totally acceptable. Now, you know, unfortunately, day to day also means that you're missing your MVP of your team right now. You know, we talked a lot yesterday. I will not going to say it's my fault for mentioning this yesterday, but I'm not going to say I'm happy I mentioned this yesterday, but we did talk about how I thought that Schwarber deserves MVP consideration in baseball this year. I think he is clearly the MVP of the Phillies with the way he has obviously many times carried this team on the field with his bat, the amount of big hits, the amount of big home runs this guy has gotten. Obviously, he's leading the National League in home runs. And then on top of that, 
you know, all the, the stuff he has done from a culture perspective, from a, you know, building a winning culture, building a winning feel around this team. You know, the guy has been just everything and more for this franchise this year. So losing Schwarber for any amount of time is, is, is rough. You know, that's not, not what you want right now with this team. You know, I'm assuming we'll see, you know, Matt Veerling in the outfield and, and, you know, Marsh and Veerling will both play and that's fine. Uh, you know, they can get by for a few games, but Kyle Schwarber is such a, a crucially important part of this team. And also, of course, you know, right, going into the Mets series, who owns the Mets? Kyle Schwarber, right? You know, it's like, come on, man. Does it have to be this series, this super big series against Scherzer and DeGrom and all that? You know, it's, it is frustrating. The timing of it is is incredibly frustrating because, you know, you really had hoped to go into this Mets series as as ready to compete with the Mets as you possibly could be. And, and obviously losing Schwarber heading into the series is, well, it's not that, let's say, right? It is not going into the series feeling fully ready to compete for the series. So that that is frustrating and that is a bummer. And look, I think from an emotional standpoint, Schwarber obviously is just so important to this ball club. So uh, again, though, on the whole, you know, a calf injury is good news in the grand scheme of things when compared to what the uh, you know what the injury could have been. Um, you know, just him leaving the game like that was again a, a terrifying moment because he has been so 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 important for this team. Um, so it was uh, it was nice to see here that it wasn't something super worrisome, but at the same time, again, it is also something where you know you don't feel um, you know a- any. Any loss of uh, of Schwarber is going to hurt this team. You know, again, this team is not um, not stacked enough right now where they can afford to just keep losing guys, as we know. I mean, you know, again, just the fact that they are, you know, nine games over five hundred without Bryce Harper, that in and of itself is such an astounding fact um, that you don't want to press your luck any more than you need to, right? I mean, you know, we've already got... So much that we've battled through. Um, so, um, fingers crossed that really isn't a big deal. Maybe we even see Schwerber back this weekend. Maybe he could DH this weekend, something like that. So, we're going to cross our fingers for that one. Hope for the best, as again, this team desperately needs Schwerber. And, you know, as frustrating as it, as it is to have him out, you know, again, uh, focus on the positive. It could have been worse when he left that game. I think we were all fearing the worst, especially because. You know, it was, it's almost like, you know, you see someone like cry out in pain and leave a game. You almost just, you're, you're, you know what to expect. And then you're pleasantly surprised or you get what you expect. Um, with this one, it's just, we didn't know what to expect. I mean, the dude just like walked off the field. It was like, what, what happened? It could, it could be anything. So you're hearing day to day with a calf injury is fine. I will, I will absolutely take that. But, um, it is also, you know, concerning that the Phillies will be without Kyle Schwarber, the most important player on the team right now. So um, let's hope Schwarber can get back soon. They desperately need him. All right, let's take a look at some schedules. Again, as we've talked about so many times and just earlier and we'll continue to, it really does look like there is a four teams for three spots race. And that's what's concerning. Look, the Phillies, again, they're a good baseball team. They're 13 games over 500. They've played great baseball. Um I trust them. I feel like they're going to win. I feel like they're better than bad teams. They'll beat bad teams. Like I'm, I'm very confident they're going to make the playoffs. I feel good, but I also, as confident as I am, as much as I believe there is a world, a scenario, a, a, a way this plays out where the Phillies are a good baseball team and still miss 
the playoffs. And that's the scariest part of that. That's the part that makes you nervous. So um, I still think they make it, but let's take a look. Let's look at the schedules. You know, we've talked so much about the Philly schedule. We'll go through it again, but let's, let's compare and contrast. Again, these four teams, three spots, looking at the schedules left to play out and how it could affect things. We've talked about it a lot of times, but quickly just to go through the Phillies schedule one more time. The Phillies, as we know, have three in New York this weekend, then three in Cincinnati. Then they come home for a eight-game stand, excuse me, an 11-game stand, four against the Mets, four against the Reds, three against the Pirates. So that is very nice. So we've got these seven games against the Mets in the next 10, but other than that, you've got four, seven against the Reds. Then you got three against Pittsburgh at home. So that's 10 games against the Reds in Pittsburgh. Three in Arizona, 14 games against losing teams there. The Giants, three in San Francisco, also a losing team right now for what it's worth. You know, a tougher matchup, but still a losing one. Then you come home, you had three against Miami, three against Washington, three in Miami. So that stretch right there, you know, uh, uh, other than the seven against the Mets, it's seven against Cincinnati, three against Pittsburgh, three against Arizona, three against the Giants, three against the Marlins, three against Washington, three against the Marlins. All Losing baseball teams. That is through September 11th. Excuse me. That is through September 15th of baseball. Then their last tough stretch of the season is they have three in Atlanta, two at home against Toronto, then four at home against Atlanta. So nine games all tough from September 16th through September 25th. That is my birthday. So I can't lose that one. Um, so seven against the Braves, two against the Blue Jays in that time. Luckily, six of them at home. Then a nice seven-game stretch here to almost finish it out. You get three in Chicago against the Cubs, a little payback, and then four in Washington. And then they end the season. So it is a long road trip to end the season, but they end the season in Houston with three games against the Astros October 3rd through October 5th. Um so here's the thing with that. Um, hopefully by then the Astros are are out of it uh, in the sense that the Astros have already clinched, which is a real possibility at that point. You know, they are fighting the uh, Yankees for the best record in the American League, but they are they are making the playoffs. Um, so they won't have to worry about that. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. All right, let's look at the other three teams that are in this race and see how their schedules shake out. Let's do it the Cardinals first. I think they're the favorite to win that division, and they are the only one who, at least from, you know, we've looked at all those, you know, oh, easiest schedule in the second half, this, that, all that stuff. The Cardinals the only one of these teams that are ever mentioned with the Phillies in terms of the easiest of schedule, and when you look at it, you you get it. Honestly, the Cardinals probably have an easier schedule than the Phillies. It's close. So here's the Cardinals' schedule down the stretch they come. Uh, this weekend, massive series against the Brewers. That's why this series against the Mets is so important, that one of these two teams is going to lose games this weekend. You need to win some games. So they have three against the Brewers this weekend. Then three against Colorado, losing team. Three in Arizona, losing team. Then they have a five-game series in Chicago against the Cubs, losing team. <laughs> Listen to this. Then they have two, uh, three at home versus Atlanta, then three against Cincinnati, three against Chicago, four against Washington, three against Pittsburgh. <laughs> so that's, uh, I mean, they play the Cubs eight times in, in 12 games. Cincinnati's three in there. Prior to that's the Diamondbacks. Then they got the Nationals. Then they got the Pirates again. So then they have two more against Milwaukee. You like to see that as many times as the Brewers and Cardinals can play each other. We want that to happen. 
Then uh, they have five against Cincinnati. Jeez Louise. Then three. This is a tough little stretch here, kind of paralleling the Phillies' stretch against the Braves and the Blue Jays, uh, a little bit shorter. But then they have three in San Diego, three in L.A., two in Milwaukee. So you like that the Cardinals and Padres have games left to play. And the Brewers and Cardinals, including this weekend, seven games against each other. That is massive. That is seven games, seven opportunities to gain on one of those teams. And again, three more when the Cardinals and Padres play as well. Outside of that stretch, though, I would say the Cardinals' schedule is even easier. I mean, the Cardinals just left. They have three against the Rockies. Three. That's three against the Diamondbacks. That's six. Five against the Cubs. Eleven. Then six more against the Cubs and Reds. That's 17. 21 when you add him four against the uh, Nationals. 24 with the Pirates. Another five against the Reds. That's 29 games. And then they end with the six-game series against the uh, the Pirates. They Three and three. They literally end with a home-and-home home against the Pirates. They have over 30 games left against horrible baseball teams. So the Cardinals, I think, are making the playoffs. I really do. Uh, Brewers. This is where it gets interesting because I think the Brewers are the worst team of the four from a talent perspective. And this is the one I think the Phillies ultimately will, will will stay ahead of. I think the other teams will stay ahead of. If I had to bet today, I would bet on the Phillies, the Padres, and the Cardinals getting into the playoffs in some order in there. Obviously, the Cardinals win the division. The Phillies and Padres gain those last two wild cards. Obviously, I think the Braves are making the playoffs. So um, there's an interesting one, and, and it does kind of jive. Look, it's not... You know, they are also in that division with the Cardinals. They have some easy games left, but their schedule is tougher. Here's how it breaks down. Three in St. Louis this weekend. Again, a massive series. Then a tough stretch here as they go four at home against the Dodgers. Tough. Three in Chicago against the Cubs. Easy. Then three in L.A. against the Dodgers. They have seven out of ten against the Dodgers. Yes, please. Then a nice stretch, a very nice stretch, as they go three against the Cubs at home, three against the Pirates at home, four in Arizona, Three in Colorado. That is, you know, uh, um, twelve or 13 straight games against bad teams. Then two at home against the Giants, who have been bad. Then three at home against Cincinnati. So that is a stretch of baseball from August 26th through September 11th against bad losing baseball teams for the Brewers. That is a big stretch. And then it gets tough again for a bit. Two in St. Louis. Then they come home for three against the Yankees and three against the Mets. They have both New York teams in for six games in September. That's tough. Then they go to uh, Cincinnati for four, a nice stretch. Then two more against St. Louis, and then they end the season with four against Miami and three against Arizona. So that schedule is easier than others. You know, you do have some good games in there, but it is hard in the Cardinals. I would say it's hard in the Phillies. They have some tough games against the Dodgers, against the Mets, against the Yankees. You add in those games against the Cardinals. That is good news right there. I think the Brewers schedule the toughest of the three we've looked at so far. Again, this caveat, as we all know, this this is all just your schedule. <laughs> you got to beat the teams you're supposed to be. You got to hope that other teams lose teams they're supposed to lose to. But so far, I would say Cardinals easiest, Phillies second easiest. And then uh, the Brewers, uh, toughest. And then we get to the Padres, who, you know, without looking at them, we will look. I would guess have the toughest of the bunch because of the division, but um, we'll find out. They do have a lot of easy games left as well when you look at it. So the Padres have three in Washington against the Nationals, three in Miami, four in Washington. So the next 10 games should be good for the Padres. Seriously, that's tough right there. It's a nice stretch of baseball for the Padres. Then they get two against Cleveland. You know, they're better than Cleveland, but Cleveland is 
First play has been winning games. The uh, three against the Royals in Kansas City, easy. Three in San Francisco, easier than it's been, but you know, not not the uh, not a pushover at least. Three in Los Angeles against the Dodgers, that's tough. Three again at home against Arizona. Three at home against the Dodgers. Two in Seattle, that's a playoff team. Th- four in Arizona. Then a big three-game series against St. Louis. Again, mark that one on your calendar. September 20th through September 22nd, that's going to have a massive impact on the season. Three in Colorado. Three against the Dodgers. They have nine games against the Dodgers left. That's big. Then three versus the White Sox, who are fighting for the playoffs and, and have not been great but are talented. And then three against San Francisco. Honestly, not as tough as I thought. You know, when you look through these schedules, I think you can make a case that you could see really any of these teams kind of navigating their way through it. If I had to lay out the toughness of each, you know, the nine Dodgers games on the Padres schedule and the lack of truly, truly horrible teams consistently. Now they have, again, their next 10 game stretch against the Nationals and the Marlins. Those are two truly horrible teams, it looks like. One a really bad team in the Nationals, and one team that we just saw, the Marlins, is, it can win some games because they're pitching, but it's not a good baseball team. So that's a big stretch of baseball coming up for them. It really does, you know, kind of shake out relatively evenly. You know, I think I would go Cardinals, Phillies, Brewers, Padres in terms of easiest to hardest schedule, or, you know, whatever you want to put it. But by no means do I think that any team's schedule means they're making the playoffs. I don't think any team's schedule is that much easier than another. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be about who plays the best. It's going to be about who comes through and it matters. And look, you know, it's going to be a real, like, that's that's actually, you know, really the the kind of the most interesting parallel with this Phillies team, right, of, of you know, they really will either change the way we think or not. You know, right now I was just talking earlier, right, about how last night in the ninth inning they, they have the bases loaded and I'm like, I actually believe they could win the game. And, you know, it was kind of the, the opposite of the normal feeling that we feel in such situations. Um, you know, that my, my, my neural connections are starting to change. My chemistry is evolving to not always fear the worst with the Phillies. But, you know, it, it really is funny because, you know, what's, what's been one of the biggest hallmarks of these Phillies teams the last few years? It's been the, the falling apart in September of it all. And it's all going to come down to September. <laughs> that's that's the the somewhat scary thing about this, right? I mean, as we talk about those schedules, as we look at as we look at where these teams are, there is, you know, uh, we're almost halfway through August. Wow, this is jumbled up. Like, you know, whichever team has the best September is making the playoffs. That's for sure. You know, that's where we're at right now. And and not just that. You know, these teams are going to be battling down the stretch in September. And yes, hopefully Bryce Harper's back, and that makes a difference and all that stuff. But you know, this is going to be the ultimate test of of how different is it? The the ultimate thing, September, the the last few years of just watching this team dismantle itself in the month of September to be quote unquote in it. We all knew that it wasn't super real, but but we but close, and they were at least in it in August. They were fighting. They were in the playoff chases. They were. You know, again, in August 2018, I forgot how good they were in August. I mean, uh, heading into August and at the beginning of August. I mean, again, they were like 12 games over, 13 games over, all that stuff. They were they were winning games, but they were never really in it. And in September, it really did fall apart. This is going to be fascinating. This is going to be a fascinating September. So many, you know, um, things that we hold to be true about the Phillies will be put on... Uh, 
put under the microscope, put to put to the test, as they say, is we're going to find out, you know, just what type of thing this September collapse curse that we <laughs> really is, right? You know, it's going to be. It's going to be really exciting, and uh, and I believe in these guys, and I think this is a different group. And look, we can't say all season long with all these walk off, last minute wins, or come from behind wins, or you know guys getting better on defense, or this or that, or the the feel of the team, the vibes around the team. Can't say all that feels different because it does feel different. But we can't say all that feels different, and not least hope that September could feel different too, because you know it has to, obviously, if they're going to make it. But um. But it's going to be a stretch run. Nothing else. We're getting a fun September. You know, fun August and fun September. And, and certainly the most fun we've had in a long time with this team. And, you know, that's exciting in and of itself as uh, it's been way too long since we had this consistent excitement in the last month of baseball season where we didn't think the team was going to fall apart. Um, so it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. It all starts this weekend. What a massive series. In New York against the Mets, they have the best record, one of the three best records in baseball. You're not that far behind comparatively. You're far behind them in the division. You know, way too far behind. But, but you know, you're a playoff team too right now. Two playoff teams battling in, in the middle of August, the Mets and the Phillies. That's not something you've seen a lot last few years. So, um, so it should be a fun one. It should be exciting one. We're looking forward to it. As the Phillies go at it. Whatever happens this weekend, of course, we'll be back react to it on Monday. So until then, have a wonderful weekend and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 